0: The off-season podcast is presented by Kugels. Since 1867, Kugels has been brewing some of the most delicious, refreshing beers
1: around. And right now, get yourself a Snowdrift Vanilla Porter. It's a fuller-bodied brew with hints of cocoa, coffee, and caramel brought out by roasted malts and aged on real vanilla. The Leinenkugels Snowdrift Vanilla Porter, smooth and creamy. Making it ideal for winter. So
2: raise one to winter with Lining Kugels. Welcome to the Liney side, Jacob Lining Kugel Brewing Company, Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. Please enjoy your Lineys responsibly. As Blake puts it on the rundown, hoops, hoops, and more hoops, baby. We go all basketball. If you don't like it, well, sorry. Get out. All basketball today on the show. Big Ten Championship is on the line this weekend. Maryland, Michigan State, and Wisconsin in the running. We get into that. Where does Cassius Winston's uh, career rank in the lores of Michigan State basketball? We talk about that as well. Northwood making a run in the GLIAC tournament. Imani Bates was in the headlines this week. We give the guys across the table a chance to dive into some NBA. And then we do quick hits to wrap up the show. So, without further ado, this week's episode of the Offseason Podcast...
1: ESPN 100.9 FM presents the off-season podcast recorded every week
2: inside the ESPN 100.9 FM studios high atop Dow Diamond. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, or at ESPN1009.com. It is the Off-Season Podcast, ESPN 100.9 FM, Matt DeVries, Blake Froling, Brad Tunney with you inside our studios, high atop Dow Diamond in downtown Midland, and uh, presented by Line and Kugels, welcome to the liney side, and had a chance to play pickup yesterday, so only right that we talk all basketball on the show today, and... Brad, any significant takeaways from rec center basketball last night at uh, the community center in Midland? Not really. No. Do we want to give a detailed scouting report of everybody? Not necessarily, (laughs) but we did have, uh, what, as many as eight to ten people from our staff here between the loons and the radio station playing pickup last night. Joe Volk, a great elbow jumper.
1: 50th Uh, birthday for Joe yesterday. Oh, and uh, 26th. Five, thank you.
2: 25th for Brad Tunney today. So happy birthday to
1: you. Half of Joe. Yeah. Some would say I'm half the man that Joe Volka is, too. I think a lot of people would say that. Yeah, yeah but you're taller than him. That is a good point. Barely. No.
0: It's not that big of a difference. It's One two or two inches.
2: inches. Were you guys against the, uh, the try-hard group that we <laughs> played against at times at the community oh, yeah. center? Oh, yeah. That is, that is not acceptable for you guys? That was fine. Because I think there are, at times... When we play amongst ourselves, it does get to that level. Maybe if it's 9-8 and we're playing 2-11 or something, guys start to play a little bit harder. Or, like I do, you get on a fast break, you just train track it to the, to the hole and miss a layup. Like, that's what I do. So there's a very physical at times, but they seem to be playing physical all the time. You don't like that? You got to read the room. I mean, if it was just all of us, our loons crowd, I don't think we
0: would have been throwing bows. But, you know, you get some other guys, they try hard, you got to respond.
2: So if they wanted to try hard, I tried hard. Brad, I left, and I heard that there were another game or two that played after. You were cold for a while yesterday. Mm. Did mm-hmm. you bounce back? Uh, Last game, a little bit better.
1: Yeah. Once you got re- I-, I need real spacing on the floor to be successful. Running fives on the short court is too much. And there's no three-point line to actually space the floor. It makes it really hard. So once we got into the half court and there's a three-point line, there's real spacing involved, real avenues to the basket you know real lanes for kickout passes and screeners and stuff like that that's where i thrive so did you lose the legs in game 2 when you went you know, 1 for 12 no i never shoot so i never lose my legs yeah, but you drove that's a
2: good point. drove to the drove to the paint and didn't right. didn't have no
1: i i don't know if i missed i probably went 5 of 6 in that last game but missed the biggest basket of the game which led to a joey howsey 3 to cannon oh joey howsey kind of nice
0: joey howsey
2: joey hauser spot the difference <sighs> not much well that's for another day <laughs> We get into uh, Big Ten basketball. We'll get the show started this week. Wisconsin, Michigan State, and Maryland all have a chance to win at least a share of the Big Ten regular season title this weekend. And, Blake, I don't think many people saw this coming uh, with the lead Maryland had with about three, four, maybe five games left in the regular season. Maryland has stumbled a bit. Wisconsin has come on strong. And, yes, Michigan State uh, going up against Maybe their toughest portion of the schedule playing ranked opponent after ranked opponent, and Michigan State finds themselves with a chance to hang another banner this weekend. Maryland kind of choking right now. Absolutely. Uh, They had one of the biggest games
0: in their Big Ten history against Michigan State. They had the big crowd, one of the best atmospheres I think we've seen so far this season. They get embarrassed Mm -hmm. basically on their home floor. Then they lose at Rutgers. They were down by 20-plus points for a lot of that game. They barely beat Minnesota. They lost to Ohio State. I mean, this is a totally different Maryland team, and I think Michigan has a very good chance to beat them on Sunday.
2: Yeah, and so Maryland gets Michigan at home, right, Mm -hmm. on Sunday at noon. Uh, Wisconsin playing a day before. They play at Indiana at Assembly Hall on Saturday at noon. Michigan State, last game in the Big Ten 4.30 4.30 on Sunday. So Michigan State going to know exactly what they're playing for. If they're playing for a share, did Wisconsin and Maryland both lose their matchups? Is Michigan State playing for the outright Big Ten title? There'll be a lot at stake regardless when Michigan State takes the floor against Ohio State on Sunday at 4.30. And I think the biggest surprise out of all of this is Wisconsin coming out of nowhere. I mean, they they seemed down and out, kind of just a middle-of-the-road season for Greg Gard and, and Brad Davison at Wisconsin. But They've rattled off win after win and now seemingly have come from nowhere to be involved in the in the title conversation. Yeah they've got
0: the benefit of of kind of a, a softer back end of their schedule. they've won seven in a row, five of those coming at home Now they did win at Michigan convincingly, which was an impressive win but uh, they they just play the schedule in front of them and they have been winning and I really didn't see this coming either They don't really have a true star. This year, everybody thought it was going to be Brad Davison, but, I mean, he's just been all right. Mm -hmm. They're just a well-balanced team, a classic frustrating Wisconsin
2: team to play, Mm -hmm. and one that you don't want to see in March. So, Blake poses the question, Brad, what means more, a regular season title or a tournament title? Now, I think Mm -hmm. this can go different Mm -hmm. ways. I think the obvious answer is a regular season title. Mm -hmm. Um, I think those mean more if you're hanging banners. There's, you know, the... What is it? A twenty-game conference schedule that you have to play, um, but a tournament title means a lot more to your NCAA tournament seeding. If you win the Big Ten tournament, that's going to maybe move up, move you up a, a line or two in the NCAA tournament seeding. What do you think means more, regular season or a tournament?
1: Mm, I think the postseason tournament, because. Kind of like a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately type thing and also big moments stand out long-term. Uh, can you guys remember in the last five years how many conference tournament championships Michigan State has? Two or three. And how many regular season championships? Is it harder to remember the, three. the regular season ones than the conference tournament ones?
2: Um, No, I think the regular season ones are easier to remember because the, there's the culmination of a season of ups and downs. And you remember the big games. You remember the games... Matt Costello playing against, uh, I think it was a Maryland or a Purdue. Miles Bridges hitting a big shot against Purdue in the regular season. I remember those more just because the Breslin Center moments and, and the crowds and, and those types of things. So I remember yeah. regular seasons, I think, more.
1: The conference tournament games have inherently just a little more weight to them. Sure. They mean maybe 1.2 wins compared to one win during the regular season in terms of your uh, NCAA tournament stature. So I, I would still go postseason tournament.
0: I think they mean more for teams that do We're not in the top three of the conference during the regular season because that's a key opportunity to pick up good wins as long as the conference is strong year in and year out. How many times have we seen throughout the last five or ten years when the Big Ten tournament has been the last one of the day on Selection Sunday, sometimes a half hour before the selection show? It almost, it almost feels like the winner of the Big Ten tournament does not get the benefit of winning the Big Ten tournament because the bracket has already been decided. Yes, There have been a lot of times where a Michigan State team or a Wisconsin team should have been moved up a line or two, and they haven't. So for the top two or three teams in the conference, I don't think it means anything. Mm-hmm. But for the middle of the conference, it means a lot for teams that are on the bubble or looking to move from maybe a 6 to a 4 seed, somewhere in that range, it means a great deal, and it'll mean even more this year for these kind of teams because of how deep the Big Ten is, where if you're playing on a Thursday, you don't get the double buy. I mean, you could rattle off three top 25 wins, possibly. That is a huge boost, but I don't think the tournament winner ever gets the benefit of the win like they should.
2: And the classic example is the Kemba Walker UConn team. They won five games in five nights at Madison Square Garden. They win the Big East tournament and they go on to win the national title that year. I mean, that's that's what it can do for you as far as building momentum. It can make your season that much more special. Uh, but yeah, I, I think for someone like an Ohio State or a Michigan this year, even in Indiana, a team that's in the middle of the Big Ten, that's. Really trying to bolster their resume heading into the NCAA tournament. This one means means a lot more this year specifically with with the way the Big Ten is so so deep top to bottom. But if you're just talking about value of banners, regular season title means much more. Mm-hmm. It's a culmination
0: of 20 games, especially in this year's Big Ten, with sometimes eight teams being ranked in the top 25. This is for whoever wins it this year, it will be the most impressive regular season win in, in the last 20
2: years. You think about it, all all one team needs to do is is win their their last game and they'll they'll at least get a share. They'll have six losses. And if all of these teams mm-hmm. lose at the top, there'd be a three-way tie for a Big Ten title at 13 and 7. That's nuts. That would win you a Big Ten title. Everyone would have called you crazy. Mm-hmm. You can lose seven games this year in conference and still win a title. Mm-hmm. That's that is ridiculous. We move on to to senior nights. Michigan had theirs on Thursday. John Beeline in attendance and uh, wouldn't have been able to do that if he was still coaching in the NBA, but he's Mm -hmm. not. Mm -hmm. And there was a, uh, an ESPN plus article out yesterday, kind of starting to preface the coaching carousel. And there was, I think 13 or 14, you know, bulleted items in that, in that primer, John Beeline was squarely at the top of that list, along with Shaka smart and the potential future of him at Texas. And maybe him not being back next year, Shaka smart, uh, Chris Beard at Texas Tech, and John Beeline. Those are the the three names really at the top of, of the coaching carousel list. So John Beeline, nothing better to do on a Thursday night. Might as well go back to Ann Arbor for senior night. Kind of awkward for Juan
0: Howard, I would imagine. Yeah, Those are all of Beeline's players, and he gets to congratulate them on senior night. But John Beeline should be the most sought-after coach in mm-hmm. college basketball. I think teams... Who weren't planning on firing their coach (laughs) would fire their current coach if they knew they could get John Beeline.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's that is like a lot easy enough to say yes, but I mean, you run the risk of letting your coach go. I mean, unless you have a handshake deal in place before that happens. Mm -hmm. But uh, Michigan State senior night is Sunday, and uh, before we get to the Cassius Winston stuff, Josh Langford says he's going to go through senior night uh, ceremonies, but leaving the door open of trying to get a medical redshirt and coming back for a sixth year. So mm-hmm. everything's still on the table for Josh Langford heading into a senior night, which is a little interesting. Uh, the potential of him being on the team with Joey Hauser coming back, if Xavier Tillman comes back for his senior year, Rocket Watts, the the team could be very good again if uh, if Josh Langford is able to get a waiver to come back.
0: Does he want to come back? Yeah. Is that is that I thought the the I
2: thought he said he didn't want to. He's left everything open. He has not committed to anything but Going through senior night ceremony certainly lends credence to the fact that he's going to leave. And I think it if he's able to find a way to, to get his way onto a G League roster next year, I think that's the best route for him. You know, Either that or go over Europe and, and make some money. I don't know if playing a sixth year at Michigan State is going to really do anything to his draft stock. But Cassius Winston, and you posed the question, Blake, and I think it's a good one. Uh, did Cassius Winston have the best career of any MSU player? Mm-hmm. Some great players at Michigan State. Take Magic Johnson out of the equation. He didn't play four years. He won himself a national title, and people might say that that's enough to make him one of the greatest of all time. But um, there are some great four-year players that I have written down here, and I'll ask you first, do you think Winston is the greatest Spartan to ever play at Michigan State? Ooh, this is a tough one for me.
0: And I think it's to be determined based on the tournament run he makes. I think he's probably number two behind Mateen. If Cassius can make it to the final four, he becomes number one, okay? If he wins a national title, it's a clear number one. Mm -hmm. If Michigan State has an early exit first or second round, he stays behind Mateen because the numbers, just pure raw numbers – are better than Mateen, but you have to have that winning pedigree. That's that's another part of it. And the the memories, I mean, I think Mateen and Draymond are the two most recognizable players in Magic, I, I think. But if he wants to be in that echelon, he needs to get to another Final Four. You're
2: going to just discredit my guy Scott Skiles, all-time leading scorer at Michigan State over that is 2,100
0: impressive. points. That is impressive. He was but a first-round pick. What What was his marquee moment? Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, it was it was kind of an in between era, I think, in Michigan State basketball. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he had the marquee moment. He's up there, but
1: can I can I put the name Denzel Valentine on this list? You can put it up there. The uh, first House round wants.
0: exit to Middle Tennessee State really hurt. I mean that t- that team was national championship good. You made a Final Four run there, he'd be right in this. They, so he,
2: there was an argument for them to be a one seed that year, and they right. felt snubbed that they were a two, That's being the, stuck to play Middle Tennessee State, and then they knocked down eight threes in the first half and buried and was,
1: he was a, And when he was a junior, they didn't do anything, right? He was a part of that team that the 2015 won their team. regional
2: at the Carrier Dome that got them 2015 to
1: 2015 with Trice in them? Yes. That's right. Beat your and, boy
0: Montrez Harrell in Louisville. Yeah. In my late eight, Matt Costello
2: was on that team as well. So they got to
1: the Final Four? Yeah,
2: they did. They lost in the Final he
0: Four. He went to the Final Four. Uh, I would say he's second tier, headlined really? by Scott Skiles and what he, Sean What Respert, if he wins the National Player of the Year in 16, as a lot of folks thought he should have? I mean, he kind of did. I mean, there's like 20 different National Player right. of the Year publications. And he got a couple of those, He right? won probably half, and Buddy Heald won the so other half. So how many half. National
1: Player of the Years in, in Spartan
0: history? Good question. Did Draymond uh, win it? Draymond won it. So Draymond Denzel won will give him like three quarters of one because he wasn't the consensus player. Denzel sure.
2: is the most decorated national player of the year in Michigan State history. He won AP, USA Today, Sports Illustrated. Oh, all the real ones. Okay. NABC. So. Draymond won just the NABC. Sean Respert won the Sporting News in the NABC in 95, and Scott Skiles won Basketball Times in 86.
1: So, so Denzel Valentine is not uh, not in the top three here, but he's the national player of the year and got to a Final Four. I I feel pretty good about that. think Cassius Winston had a
0: a deeper career, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Denzel Valentine had kind of a slower start to his career. I mean, he was in the doghouse for his first year and a half at Michigan State. Like, he was hated, I think, by a lot of Michigan State fans. It It seemed like every time Izzo talked, he was saying something bad about Valentine, and then he completely turned it around. It was a great turnaround story, for sure. But I think he's right on that second tier, and... I think he's Jersey retirement worthy,
1: but
2: if we're talking about best of all time, he's just short. He played in his freshman year, and then in his sophomore year was honorable mention all Big Ten, and then his junior and senior years were when he really took the the next step. He also had to play with guys like Adrian Payne, Gary Harris, Keith Appling. I mean, there were other really good players at Michigan State at that time where Cassius Winston... He did play with a Miles Bridges and a Jaron Jackson, but he's always kind of been one of the premier players during his time at, at Michigan State. I think it's an interesting conversation. Uh, I think Draymond is probably right up there with Mateen right now, and I would say Cassius is is right behind him, and it, the, the book is still out on him. This is a very important NCAA tournament for his legacy. If he can put this team on his back and lead them after everything that has gone on with this program this year, for him to be able to rise up and continue to do that, going through things that none of us can ever imagine, I think that's really going to really vault him into the the, the top spot. Can yeah. I get a Steve Smith mention? Smitty, he's in there, but again,
0: he kind of played in a in-between era of Michigan State basketball. Didn't
1: have the tournament success. Steve right. Smith
2: also never won a Big Ten Player of the Year.
1: I think he was a two-time Player of the Year. In Uh-oh. the Big Ten, uh Uh-oh. I think so. Yeah, two time. Oh, two time all Big Ten, uh, and a consensus All American once. Mm-hmm. I'd say individually, he might have been as talented as anyone in Michigan State history. Talented, sure, and but, he was, but didn't have the team success. Right. Same
0: with
2: Scott Skiles.
1: Scott All-time Skiles,
0: and Sean Respert are the two best pure scorers
2: Michigan State has ever seen. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, what was what was Scott's best year? Scott Skiles, yeah, 1986. When he Player of the Year, went on to be a first-round draft pick of the Milwaukee
1: Bucks. So, you know, this is a game log. That's we don't
0: need go. to dive into Scott No, Skiles. he wants to dive in. It's,
1: it's, I'm surprised he's the first
0: involved in this conversation. So, okay, so with.
1: Scott Skiles, sure, four years, all at double digits. Best year was his senior year, obviously. That year he was National Player of the Year, 27 a game. And if I give you Steve Smith, he had, he had two years of 20-plus point scoring years, And three years at forty one percent from the three or better. Well, did Skiles even have the benefit of the three point line? He didn't. So, you know, he did in his first year. How is that possible? Did (laughs) they get rid of it? They bring it in the college game and then. No idea. This is this is above my pay grade. I do not know. Sports Reference has him shooting threes as a freshman, but then not as a sophomore, junior, or senior. Correct. Very strange. Might we should have some college basketball history here?
0: Wow. I knew that they had it after the NBA. Right. And they didn't have it in
1: 85. That's a tough one. This is good content. Debuted in 1987. There you go. I wonder why they have Scott Skiles shooting threes in 1982. Maybe an exhibition game
0: where they had threes? Maybe. I
1: don't know.
2: Maybe. Michigan State isn't the only program around here making a lot of noise in the college game. We talk Timberwolves basketball. Brad Tunney will be with them this weekend. We get a full preview of what to expect down in Grand Rapids with the Northwood men's basketball team. Plus, a guy named Imani Bates made some noise yesterday. We'll talk about that next. More hoops on the Off-Season Podcast. We're back here on the Off-Season Podcast. It's ESPN 100.9 FM, your local sports leader. Matt DeVries, Blake Froling Brad Tunney with you. Like we are every single Friday night following... The girls' district championships that Blake was doing at Dow High, Midland and Dow rivalry renewed in the district championship. So congrats to the winner there. The offseason podcast is presented by and Kugels. Get the Snowdrift Vanilla Porter. That's and Kugels. Welcome to the Liney side. We continue the basketball discussion, and I want to turn it over to Brad Tunney a little bit. Northwood had an exceptional atmosphere at Reapma Arena this week for their quarterfinal in the GLIAC tournament. The first time, and Brad will have all the numbers and historical data, I'm sure, first time in a long time Northwood's been able to host a quarterfinal game at the regional sites or at the campus sites. They have a great atmosphere. They beat Davenport and beat them pretty convincingly. It got close a, a couple times, but Northwood seemed in control most of the night. The student section was great, uh, and they get a 12-point win in the first round, Brad. So they're on to the semifinals, and I just want to get your initial thoughts on that that performance against Davenport and the way this this season has kind of evolved into something that could be special for Jeff Reckway and the Northwood men.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, this was the expectation coming into the year that this group, because they had two seniors and two very successful seniors, in fact, one of them, Trey McBride, who Travis McCurdy uh, put on his all-decade team, even though he's only played two and a half years here, uh, he made the all-decade team. He's one of the best defenders in the conference, but... You have two seniors, and then you have this star-studded group of sophomores. Um, so you felt like this was the year until you might have to wait another two years for this group to be really ready. So I think the expectation that Coach Reckway put on this group before the year was let's be a top-four team in the conference. And at the halfway point of conference play, they were 10th in the conference. Mm. And it was like, boy, this is going to be a real disappointment. And now they've won 9 of 11. they they're the, They've won more games in the league in their last 11 games than any team in the league outside of the number 1 team Ferris State who's also 9 and 2 in their last and 11. And
2: out of the tournament?
1: Uh Ferris is out of the tournament. That's right. So, yeah, I mean they're they're you could argue they're the best team left. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if many people would argue that because there are two higher seeds left and teams that have also beaten Northwood this year, but just in terms of how good they have been and the way individually some of their guys are playing, you could argue they're you know the favorite left. Uh, you could say that about three teams though, I think. Mm-hmm. And I know you were there on on Tuesday.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um I thought in in my 5 years here it was the best atmosphere I've ever been a part of sporting wise. And like wow. someone said how about Holy cow. How about the Loon's championship game when they won it in 16? And I thought the Northwood atmosphere was better. <laughs> um What
2: well, was we'll this degree there? But that's totally fine. I mean that's that's high praise from you. Yeah. Uh, like I any I Any of the high school games, state championships we've yeah. done, Midland High state semi football, like that's yep.
1: that's crazy. And I just think I think one of that is a bias towards basketball, and especially in a gym that size. It's not very big. Mm-hmm. It's a high school-type gym, right? Mm-hmm. There are high school gyms bigger. And you put, as I thought, I, I thought it was a Division One type
2: student Sound. section. It was oh. a
1: Division One student section in a high school gym. Mm-hmm. And if you just kind of pictured that, if you took half of the zone and put them at Midland High, how ridiculous that would be. And that's what it was. I would agree with that. And I mean, that's exactly what it was. And only Northwood can do that in in the GLIAC. And and that's why there's no better student section in the GLIAC. Only Northwood can do that because everyone at the dang school is an athlete, mm. so they all support each other. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know what the percentage is of the of the enrollment, but it's like seventy percent of the enrollment are athletes. The
2: whole front row was women's basketball and football.
1: Yeah, and some of the baseball guys, and to the left it was softball and soccer players, like so, and and track athletes. So. The whole student section are athletes. They understand what the athletes on the court are going through. They want to support them because they support them in the other seasons. It, w- it was a Division One student section who stood for, of the 40-minute basketball game, 37 and a half minutes of it, stood for the whole thing mm-hmm. in a high school gym mm-hmm. for a conference tournament game that they had not won in f- 16 years. I mean, it was of epic proportions and, and historic proportions. And I think Fred Kelly had a headline cuz he was there too and he covers those games essentially for fun mm-hmm. you know what i mean like the daily news doesn't you know fully support coverage as as we know of a lot of things anymore in the city and fred shows up to do those games and loves doing them and i think he said it was the most it was the best atmosphere he has been a part of in 5 years in the city and i would echo that i th- i thought it was tremendous just i'm just
2: thinking and letting that set in for a little while i mean you, you have a loons championship, which I'll mm-hmm. be biased towards 100%. That was, it, it was probably that better was one overall. Of the, that I just, again, the
1: size of the arena oh, I know. forces you to be a part of it a little more. And I'm, I'm a, like obviously disconnected from a yeah. championship game because I'm up here in the booth, whereas that, like, I'm literally on the floor for Northwood. I'm so, just trying
2: to put it in perspective yeah. for some
1: people. I mean,
2: the we've got Midland Dow football every year, sometimes twice a year, mm-hmm. with 10,000 people at Midland Community Stadium. We've gone and done Davis and Lapeer games, which are pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. We've done Grand Blank Carmen Ainsworth basketball. We've done two Heritage State Championships on the girls' side. And we've done Dow Midland basketball, boys and girls. I mean, there are so many great rivalries and atmospheres. Saginaw High, Arthur Hill basketball. Mm -hmm. Even, you know, three, four, five years ago when Brian Bowen was here and Brad and I were doing those games, those were crazy. Eric Davis, who went on to play at Texas. Like There are so many great atmospheres, and to stack it up like that is is really impressive. Jack Ammerman, 26 points. He got the place going, 5 of 8 from 3. Danny Culp, 17, 7, and 4 blocks. J.K. Lewis had 15. He battled foul trouble all night. And Evan Loudon, who's kind of filled in for the injured Trevor Davis, uh, a transfer coming in for Northwood. Brad, he played a, a big part in that game as well. And I just think kind of just goes to show you, I mean, Rec got into it. On the floor, there were offsetting technical fouls between the head coaches. I mean, there was there was tension and energy in the room and just made for a, a fun night of basketball. And, and you'd hope, right. right, that that can propel them to a win on Saturday, even though they've got to get on the bus now and go to Allendale where Grand Valley is going to be hosting the, the semis and finals.
1: Yeah, I mean, not to push anything forward, but they're a heavy favorite going into Nor- the Northern game tomorrow on Saturday. Just in terms of travel, they're only traveling about two hours. Northern obviously comes from Marquette, which is much a more travel. Bus ride. Um, it'll be interesting to see if like can Northern get a practice in on the gym, the way Northwood I think is doing today mm. uh, on a Friday because Northwood
2: long- here or they've traveled already.
1: They left this morning. Okay, Northwood left this morning because the GLIAC has a banquet tonight, handing out all GLIAC team honors and stuff like that. So wreck has to be there with anyone who's honored so they just figured let's send the whole team let's get a practice in so i don't know if northern michigan left on thursday maybe to force themselves to be there to get a practice in today mm-hmm. after having to travel on tuesday right to ferris to wow. ferris and wow. then go back over the bridge come back down today maybe not get a practice brutal in. so their travel is way worse they're the eight seed uh, they're a team that Northwood beat up in marquette and in midland by double digits so, I mean, I, I think Northwood's a heavy favorite, and I also think Northwood just will travel better. Like, the Northwood fans traveled to SVSU and, and like, had more fans than Saginaw did to end the regular season. I know it's two-plus hours, but this is the first time they're playing in a, in a GLIAC semifinal in, again, 16 years. And I don't know if they've ever made the GLIAC tournament finals. I'd have to check with TMAC, but I don't think that's ever happened. So Well,
2: and, and the best part of it is um, just the way the the schedule worked out for the radio station Clear airwaves on Saturday, so Brad and Travis are going to be on the air. We'll have the full call of Northwood Northern for the for the GLIAC semifinals, and I think that's going to make for a great Saturday afternoon with us. And I'm I think we're hoping a lot of people tune in and listen to that one, and mm-hmm. then maybe come back and and check it out on Sunday. And well, depending on the tip time, you might be able to get it in before the Michigan State game. Yeah,
1: it will be the scheduled tip on Sunday will be one o'clock. That's perfect. So it'll go right up to Michigan State, which will go right up to Pistons. Uh, we'll have. Hours and hours of basketball on Sunday, hopefully.
2: That Blake nice. will just be sitting in his apartment with nothing on the television. But Blake yeah, will be only... producing
1: on Sunday, oh. ideally. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> there was uh, there was an opening for uh, for airtime for Northwood basketball, but certainly a shortage of producers this weekend. So, <sighs> yeah, Jod going to be, be Jod on Saturday, yeah. and hopefully Blake on Sunday. Jerry oh. O'Donnell, news to me.
2: You. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but. Uh, Great stuff with Northwood, and, and hopefully we're, we're talking something much bigger on next week's show if Northwood can go down to, to GR and Allendale and get two big wins this weekend. The other thing I do want to touch on a little bit, and this will kind of lead us into our next segment where I give you guys the floor to talk anything NBA you want, um, especially with the way the schedule is. There's no football, there's no baseball worth talking about. Might as well stick XFL. to XFL? Well,
1: no thanks. Okay. <laughs>
2: Imani Bates uh, kind of took over Twitter a little bit because, who was it, Blake? Cassius Winston, Marcus Bingham, two other players, and Mike Garland all went and watched Imani Bates and Ypsilanti Lincoln play last night, um, and which kind of made news and made waves that Michigan State is is throwing all the eggs in the Imani Bates basket with the hope that either the rule change doesn't happen, even though it's very likely that it will, or the hope is maybe he decides he wants a, a year on campus somewhere, and they're hoping that's going to be in East Lansing. But kind of a big deal that so many guys went and watched Imani play, even though he's just a sophomore and still has two more years of high school left. Yeah, it's going to be incredible. You only hope that he can, he'll can he stay at
0: Ypsilanti-Lincoln. I mean, he's already got the national profile, so it's not like he needs to go somewhere to be discovered, but... Also, the MHSAA doesn't allow these teams to participate in any of the showcase tournaments nationally, Mm -hmm. which stinks, and another rule that needs to be changed. But, I mean, if you're Michigan State, you just have to operate under the assumption that the rule won't change until it does. Mm -hmm. Because he is just that good. You have to commit as many resources as possible as soon as possible, because all of the juggernauts are going to be after him. Duke, Kentucky, Kansas... As we've talked about before, just because he lives in Michigan doesn't mean Michigan State is the favorite. Mm-hmm. With a player of that caliber, it's national, international.
2: Everybody will be going after Amani, and he is that good. You mentioned the national profile so much so that Kendrick Perkins on the jump on ESPN mentioned him by name, saying if he declared for the NBA draft today, he would be a lottery pick. Mm-hmm. That's Kendrick's opinion. <laughs> I think and, if he
1: declared today, he'd be the number one pick. Ooh.
2: Okay. Uh, so I, I forget who it was. But I, I were, guess I never thought about. There that. was a scout that was also commented, and I think it was a Mick McCabe piece that I was reading um, from the Detroit Free Press about Imani uh, that was put out a day or two ago. And they said, "I don't know about lottery pick; he would be drafted in the first round, no doubt about it. Just drafting on potential alone, and the ability, and and the things that Imani could evolve into in the next three or four years. You think about all the international guys that are drafted when they're seventeen. That's exactly what you're doing. You're drafting." to the hope that they turn into something by the time they're 20. That'd be what you'd be doing with Imani Bates right now. The thing I want to get to um, is how he would project. He's averaging 31 and a half points per game and nine rebounds already. Scored 63 and had 21 rebounds in a game against Chelsea this season. Um, if you're curious, Ypsilanti Lincoln's district, who's being played at the Convocation Center uh, on the campus of Eastern Michigan um, – if there's a conflict with the MAC tournament, they'd figure it out. But just goes to show you that they're trying to move these games to a bigger venue because so many people want to watch him play. If you're curious about when a local team would play him, it wouldn't be Dill Breslin. They would play a, a team from the SVL in the state semis if someone could get that far. So that's when uh, someone from the SVL would match up against Imani Bates. The question I want to pose to both of you is how do you think he projects? And like Brad said, he'd probably be the number one pick Eventually, whenever he goes into the NBA draft, even going as far as to say this year, but compare him to some of the other one and duns that went number one. You've got Zion, DeAndre Ayton, Markel Fultz. I've got it all the way back to 2008. Um, could he be the best of the bunch in the best sense? LeBron? That's what many people are saying after they've seen him play two, almost two years in high school now.
0: Well, he's got the potential, if you're looking at these guys' college careers, to be better than all of these guys on this list. I think of this group, Anthony Davis had the most remarkable college career, and and he has the skill set right now to be even better than that. Mm -hmm. The question is, if you get the other five-star guys around him, like Anthony Davis did, whoever gets Imani Bates should be the clear favorite to win the national title. I mean, he can carry a college team, he is that good, but you can only cross your fingers that he even will be in the college game and right. as a pro prospect he's right up there with any of these players and probably ahead of them.
2: Brad I'm going to go through the list quickly and I'll tell mm-hmm. you who I think Amani Bates projects to be better than and you tell me if I'm off base. Uh, Zion I think is is a close comparison but I would cross wow. off Ayton, Fultz, Wiggins, Anthony Bennett, Kyrie Irving, John Wall, Blake Griffin and Derrick Rose. I think Anthony Davis, Cat, Ben Simmons and Zion Williamson. I think Amani Bates could be right in that group if you're going for Number one draft picks in the NBA draft. That's dating back to two thousand and
1: eight. Yeah, I think I think we've got to be careful. And as and as good as I think Amani Bates is, I think you've got to be careful because a lot of the a lot of times these number one rankings in the high school game, I, whatever it is, don't translate to the NBA. They may translate to college, but if you just look at the twenty four seven number one guys since twenty ten, and not just the number one guys, the guys that either have ninety nine ninety nine. Uh, ratings or a 1,000 rating the way that Amani Bates does or a full 100% the way Bates does. It's Harrison Barnes, eh. Anthony Davis, okay, star. But then Nerlens Noel, Andrew Wiggins, Josh Jackson, Marvin Bagley, R.J. Barrett.
2: Zion didn't have a 99?
1: He was not 100. That's crazy.
2: Because so, Zion was, was National Headlines cover of Sports Illustrated when he was in high school in South Carolina. And everyone knew... And was expecting him to do what he's doing
1: in his rookie season in the NBA before he even went to Duke. What class? 17, 18? He would have been in the... 18 class? 18 class, yeah. So let's, uh, let's check what he was at.
2: Can't believe he wasn't the number one recruit in the country that year.
1: Thought he was. He was number five what behind because R- R.J. Barrett was number one. He was the thousand guy. And then Cam Reddish, Nasir Little, and Bull Bull all ahead of him.
2: <laughs> Bull Bull, better prospect than uh, Zion Williamson. That's crazy to think about. Don't tell our guy Riley Edwards that. Okay. Big bull guy. So
1: I, I don't know, whatever it is, like all of those guys, as you'll notice, are just lengthy wings. Like Barnes, Wiggins, Jackson, yeah. Barrett, Bagley, all of those guys are just skinny wings, the same way Amani Bates is. I mean, he's got to put a ton of weight on his body. only 180 pounds right now. He's only like 15 or 16 now. He's 16. That's correct. But I, I mean, I kind of blurted out that he would be the number one pick this year. It's how bad this draft would be. But I. I mean, I think you would take him number one if you're if you're a team in this draft. Like you just take him right? and then
0: not play him. You just put him, you him in the G home. League or something. You or just not. let
1: him play in the. You just let him play 15 minutes in the G League, and then when you got to re-sign him to some contract, you just give him the max at 20 years old, and it doesn't matter. Like. I'm, right? Like You would have to. He, w- he would get destroyed in the NBA. Yeah. I mean, he but wouldn't
2: be able to do anything. In this Mick McCabe article, they're saying he would get destroyed in the G League right now. He Probably. would get oh, yeah physically. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, those are those are grown men. I mean, those are all fringe but NBA guys. But is that guys. good for
2: his development to go out down there and get beaten up in well, the G League? Well, not
1: good for his development. I just think with as bad as this year's draft is, you would just take the kid that in three years you knew would be the number one pick anyway. That's all I Does that. this start a much larger
2: conversation where somebody can draft the rights to him out of high school he can go like to in Michigan soccer. State he can go to Duke it's just like baseball he can go to Duke evolve under coach K and the Pistons own the rights to Amani Bates while he's playing at Duke
1: you just waste a you do first it in the NHL too yeah. that'd be outstanding I think it'd be, be great for the college game yeah
2: outstanding for the college
0: game so would he, you force the players to go to college no, while being it's drafted? just like
1: baseball you can go
2: play in the NBA at 18 if you think you're ready and if you get beaten up and spit out at 22, that's your fault. Tough. But you can go to college and play a year, play a year, two, whatever you think you need to become better. But you still have that—that that NBA team still has the rights to you. But all signs point to Adam Silver saying you can go to the NBA right out of high school. Right? That—that that is almost a foregone conclusion at this point. Haven't
1: heard any new developments yeah. on
0: that recently. It's kind of been a dormant issue.
2: Okay.
1: You assume, but. Yeah, money at 63 and 21 that dude, we double, saw those double overtime right? yeah.
2: against chelsea jeez
1: we do talk about adam silver How bad is the rest of his team how bad is lincoln
2: they were better last year from what i read now it's pretty much him and he's just putting the team on
1: his back every time and they'll and they'll win the state title again maybe
2: one of the coaches one of the opposing coaches said he scored 41 night and they needed every single point of that yeah. 40 to well, win. he's averaging
1: 30 right now
2: yeah we will talk about adam silver's league next wow. here on the
1: offseason podcast
2: yeah Back here on the off-season podcast, it's your local sports leader, ESPN 100.9 FM, Matt, Blake, and Brad inside the studios high atop Dow Diamond. Once again, a reminder, check out Northwood, Northern Michigan, GLIAC tournament semifinals live here on the radio station on ESPN 100.9 FM. Uh, tip is at 4 on Saturday. Brad Tunney and Mac will be on the air live from Allendale T-Mac. on the campus of uh, Grand Valley State University coverage of Northwood and Northern Michigan for a spot in the tournament title game. The NBA, and I'll give you guys the option. You can take this any direction you choose. Uh, we've always joked around that you guys can never get enough of the NBA. You talk about it so much, so mm-hmm. I figured mm-hmm. why not give you guys your own spot on the show this week. What would you like to lead off with in the National Basketball Association? Mm-hmm.
0: This is just the Christian Wood appreciation segment, I think, because <laughs> there's nothing else to appreciate about the Pistons right now. Okay. Uh, if you look at what he's been doing since he basically got the starting job, I mean, in the month of February, he's almost averaging 20-10, 52% from the field and almost 40% from three. He's playing at an elite level, Whoa. which is kind of crazy for a guy that almost lost his position on the roster to Joe Johnson. Iso Joe at 38 years old who spent the
1: year in the big three and will play this year
0: in the big three.
1: Love me some Christian Wood. Now I know there's not much to, to cling to with the Pistons right now, but he's doing all of this as the best player, arguably on maybe the worst roster in the league. So with a grain of salt last 10 games, he's 21 and 10 two assists, plus uh, a block and a steal at 53 from the field and 43, on high volume from the three as a big man he's been I mean those are all-star numbers over the course of a half of basketball that that's that's clear-cut all-star in the west or the east no question but they're one in nine during that stretch mm-hmm. so I mean he is doing this on, on a very bad team I still don't think he is a centerpiece it'd be nice if you could sign him for less than 14 million dollars a year going into the offseason that'd be ideal uh, but he is certainly not the Drummond replacement or something like that that we thought of. I, I mean, he is certainly better than Drummond was for this team. Um, but could you see him as being the starting
0: center when you don't want your center to be the best player on the team?
1: Yeah, but I mean, he would have to be the third or fourth best player right. on your team if you wanted to be a real team. He's right. like the fourth best player on your team, the same way Drummond would have to be the fourth best player on your team. Exactly,
0: but with Drummond, the way he played and the, the way what you paid him, yeah. you had to have him as... Like your first or second best player. Christian Wood right
1: now is like a a John Collins. Just very much on a bad team, putting up 20 and 10 every night, shooting it from all over. Uh, John has a longer track record with the Hawks, but Christian Wood very much resembles that, and John Collins would be a guy that the Pistons could sign next year. So which one would you rather go with? I'd rather take John Collins. Younger, more proven at this point. We were on Christian Wood like last year in the G League mm-hmm. when he was beasting,
0: and there must have been something going on with him. Maybe he was a bad teammate or whatever. But I mean, he's just been bounced around, never given an opportunity like this,
1: and it's not. I- well, he was never real good in college. He was never a high level high school recruit. He's just always kind of. He's just always kind of been like that double A player that finally found his way into the majors, and now on a bad team, looks pretty good. Because um, he was only, what, like a second rounder when he came out of UNLV?
0: and Or he was being, undrafted. Yeah. Just being from UNLV, you're not going to get much of a look. Yeah. So this is the uh, bright
1: spot. Seku stinks now. He's in the G League again. Yeah, back to the G League as of today, along with Dante Hall. Um, I think the Pistons are now, what, a game out of the three spot for the draft? And the, uh, as we know, the top three spots uh, all have equads at getting the number one pick. Uh, in my mind, there's a top two this year with Lamelo and Anthony Edwards, maybe James Weissman, But outside of that, I think you want the top three. Right now, there's six, but only a game out of three. That's right. That is correct. They're tied with Minnesota.
0: They're half game back of New York and one game back of Atlanta. Pretty good.
2: It'll be rigged somehow. <laughs> wow. Should we should we spin the lottery is... ten times? No. See what happens. No, no, no. Uh, I was doing that downstairs with the NHL. Tankathon draft simulator and the Red Wings got the first pick like once. So I was like, oh, nice. that's promising. They
1: that's should exactly get additional it. odds because of how bad they are Oof. in respect to the rest of the league. Like yeah. they are so far behind the rest of the league. You should just like it's embarrassing. It should be proportional to how bad you are. Like if you're six games beneath the next best team, the way like Golden State is right now, you should get like additional odds based on your placement. In the league,
2: six more ping pong balls.
1: Yeah, but that would obviously force teams to really tank them. and then
2: it would just
0: defeat the purpose of even having a lottery,
2: right? Which do you mm-hmm. like Maybe. the idea of a lottery in general? I don't. I don't. I like the the way the NFL does it.
1: It, it mostly works out right now, and you almost can't tank in the NFL either. You cannot. That's why it works. But you can easily tank in the NBA and the NHL. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I was going to say. What you looking forward to the NBA playoffs, Matthew? Um.
2: I'll pay attention probably like in the conference semifinals, like the
1: conference semis. All right, yeah.
2: So like I want to see, you know, in the West, are the Lakers going to be that good? They're signing Deion
1: Waiters, right? Is that a good mm-hmm. move for your Lakers? Open roster spot, another playmaker. It'll depend on how he fits chemistry wise. <laughs> how
2: about this? I think
1: depends on how many weed gummies he eats on the wow. plane. Wow.
0: I think the NBA should go back to five game series in the first round.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's been trying to get pitched by the. More progressive wing of the NBA following for a while now. Mm-hmm. I mean, for, first of all, how many times do you get an upset, one versus eight? Well, I mean, last year the Bucks, I mean, pooped all over the Pistons, right. and they're just going to additionally poop on the goal, on Orlando this year. It's just not worth anybody's time. There are some early predicted lines that for game one of that series, which will be a home game for Milwaukee, it could be like a 22-and-a-half point line in, wow. in a playoff game. In the NBA. Yeah. Well, I mean, Orlando is 26 games back in Milwaukee, and there'll be a first-round playoff matchup. Yeah. That's nuts. Though. yeah. It also the, shows how good Milwaukee is. They're going to gonna be like big... 30 games back of their playoff opponent. It'll be really bad because Orlando's eight games under 500 right now, about to get into the playoffs. Hmm. Yeah. And I think just, just the fact that the Warriors aren't involved anymore. Oh, big
2: Warriors. Fan. And just it, it'll be a new feel in the playoffs. Yeah. LeBron will still be there, but it'll be the Lakers. The Lakers are far more interesting nationally to watch than, you know, I, the Warriors were cool to watch, but I just, Giannis and the Bucks now a chance to legitimately be the favorite in the East and get to the, the NBA finals and, and have a team from Milwaukee playing for a championship would, would be crazy just from the, the whole Midwest perspective and, and not a big market and, and not a a huge, world-renowned, bigger-than-life star like LeBron James, even though Giannis is as close as you can get without being that superstardom you know, worldwide phenomenon. And I think he'll get there eventually. It's just not quite to LeBron's level just yet.
0: All right, how about this? What? Uh my dad hates the NBA. Right? Big basketball fan. You, Brad, big basketball fan. You don't really like watching the college game. So Matt, are you bored with the NBA style of play Ooh. and the polarization?
1: The of boomer the style of are you? Play?
2: Um I don't think it's the style of play like I'll go watch a drive game courtside with Brad and be astounded at the level of basketball that I'm watching. Because we watch high school, and I watch CMU up close a lot, and I watch college basketball on TV. But even in the G League, it's just exceptional how much better the basketball is. So I'm not naive to the fact that these are the greatest players in the world and that just what we're watching, you just kind of lose sight of how great the basketball is in the NBA. It's just it comes down to a, an arena atmosphere perspective for me. I just like the college game and just the the passion and the what it means to the universities and the student bodies and season ticket holders in college and supporting the schools. That just really piques my interest. It's not for a level of play. I, I know that it's great, and I, and
1: I'm not going to ever discredit the NBA game. Your uh, your conference finals picks as of right now, Bucks, and it doesn't matter who else. You don't think so?
2: Bucks are going. I think by it's that, be by
0: that Bucks and if the seating works out where this is possible,
1: Bucks and Celtics. Yeah, Celtics are the three right now. I think they're pretty clear. By
2: that account, you think the Bucks are going to sweep whoever's in the conference finals?
1: You think they sweep? I the don't Celtics? know about a sweep, but they should beat anybody easily. I mean, they're are- based on the statistics of the regular season. Yeah. Okay. But different in the playoffs? A question, and I don't know who are yours.
2: Where? Well, we didn't. We need his West, and we need yours. I don't remember quick.
1: where I heard this, but do you think in? In a series between Boston and Milwaukee, Jason Tatum would be the best player on the floor? Ooh. No. For at least a game or two. Like offensively, when Giannis oh, can't mean, shoot the ball. You're just
0: talking about like in game performance who performs Yeah, like as Jason Tatum,
1: player. two out of the six games in that series would be the best player on the floor. I mean, he
0: he has a pen- potential. I thought you meant like coming into the series no. is he the best player. No, because I think I think
1: in a world where Jason Tatum outperforms Giannis, like just in a one on one matchup in the conference finals, Boston could take them to six or seven. Yes, but do they have the, the depth around them like Milwaukee does? No, possibly not. I think it's naive to question Milwaukee winning anything other than the championship this year. But if they stay healthy. But I think I think Jason Tatum in a playoff series could outbattle Giannis one on one. Right, but he would need to do that for seven games. Yeah, or enough Can games. Can he do that? Or enough games. No. I don't think he will. In the West... You writing these down? Yep. Uh, in the he west, it's in the west. It's Lakers, Clippers. Well, he didn't give his. You, you didn't, didn't give, give
2: east. the West. I, mean, I didn't get a chance Bucks, to.
1: Bucks, Celtics in the East. Okay. Uh, just, just because I think the best player in the East is obviously Giannis, and the second best player right now is probably Jason Tatum. If you took a snapshot, that would be tough to argue. Uh, in the West, <laughs> Lakers and Clippers. Yeah, it's a boring. Yeah, pick, now that the but. seating has worked out, there was a while there where it was like, boy, are the Clippers actually going to care enough to even? Be a top three seed to avoid the Lakers in the second round, but I think the the Clippers have actually turned it on lately. Um, Paul George still isn't really healthy, but they're actually playing minutes with their closing five now: uh, Harold, Lou, Marcus Morris, and then PG and uh, Kawhi and Kawhi. So those five together, when they play minutes, the the plus minus numbers are pretty ridiculous. There you go.
0: Basketball.
1: Lakers, Clippers, oh, Bucks, Celtics, and then Bucks. Uh, and I truly don't. I truly don't know a Lakers-Clippers series. It seems like the Clippers individually have owned the matchup with the Lakers,
0: even if the Lakers yeah, are having a they better. They choose to play them, but
1: playoff the LeBron, baby. That's another X factor. Yeah. Team on his back. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know what. The, I don't know what it means when you actually get into the Staples Center and. Like, you get playoff Laker fans, which are going to outnumber the Clippers every night in a series that all seven games are going to be at Staples. And that would be, that's going to be insane. Has that ever happened? Lakers-Clippers? I don't know if the Clippers have ever made the conference finals in their history. I'm just talking about Lakers-Clippers in the playoffs. I don't know. I mean, the Clippers, historic... I mean, it's, it's hard to find years where the Clippers actually made the playoffs and then to actually... Right, match up with the Lakers. Yeah, because the Lakers have been high-seeded so many times. It's probably happened in the first round, maybe, but... Um, you get a seven game series in Staples where ninety percent of the fans in there will be Laker fans, and you have to hear that for seven you're you're playing on the road seven games if you're the Clippers. Does that matter? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think that I don't really think
0: home court atmospheres matter at all in the NBA. Really? Like they do in college. I think I'm it matters a ton. Travel wise, yes, but there is no travel if it's
2: Lakers Clippers. Yeah. The Clippers moved uh from San Diego in 1984 Mm -hmm. and they have never made the conference finals they made the conference semifinals four different times and have gone to seven games with the Suns in 2006 with Elton Elton Brand and the conference semifinals went to seven games with the Rockets in 2015
1: they won 56 games that year with Blake and CP and DeAndre yeah, they. they those Jamal Crawford, underachieving teams. Yep, unfortunately, very disappointing. Yeah, I'll be rooting for the Clippers
0: because they remind me a lot of the Lions. <laughs> You'll be rooting for the Clippers against the Lakers. Yes, Woo! I think that's mostly just to get under my skin. <laughs> that's certainly a part of it, but if you just look at the team's histories, Clippers zero championships, zero conference finals. You have to root for them to win at least one at some point. The Lakers have enough titles,
1: don't they? Also, have like less likable people on their team. Hmm. I wouldn't say that. Kawhi, Pat Bev, like, just kind of unlike. I love dudes. me some Kawhi. Really? I really enjoy him.
2: Hmm. That will make for a contentious Loons radio booth in the middle of May. When if the I show
0: up for those Loons happening. radio
1: games. So. That's right.
0: I mean, I'm not going to be heartbroken emotionally if the Clippers lose. I'm just, I'm going to pick someone to root for because it's more funny if you have a rooting interest.
2: Come to think about it, and we are really snowballing in this segment. Let's do it. Um will make for some great on-air banter because the games won't have happened yet. You'll be previewing Lakers Clippers every night on a Loons broadcast before they tip at 1030.
1: No, they'll have to move those games. Uh, they'll be like 9 o'clock tips. Preview for two hours and would then live play-by-play
2: play of Lakers Clippers for the final hour of balloons broadcast.
1: Then
0: you'll notice, like in the seventh inning, <laughs> the, the the level of play-by-play, the, the, the amount we're talking just drops. Because you'll significantly. turn around and be watching
1: the television. They would, they would the have to run those as nines and sixes locally, maybe even five thirties locally, and just for 830s. prime time, yeah, and eight thirties. Yeah, but you're gonna have east.
2: the East games, and unless you alternate them every other day, but you can't. They're gonna have to have games on the same day, and you're not gonna make the Bucks yeah. play at six o'clock yeah and the tv networks will never who cares about
1: milwaukee's media market make them play at four who cares you know give us the la teams like at seven o'clock on the east that's why east coast there's
2: going to be a couple 10 30 tips in the western conference
1: eastern time
0: zone terrible for sports very uh very annoying
1: central time zone i think is probably the best how about this no time zones (laughs) just make it all the same (laughs) time get rid of daylight savings which is coming up here soon yes that's right spring forward yeah it's the worst. I will
0: be a proponent
1: of no daylight savings, yeah. but I think no it's time, time we end zones. that. It was, just, a gr- it was a great policy hundred years ago and we can kill it now. Right. Mm-hmm. I agree. Quick hits is next. The
2: off-season podcast. Final segment here on the off-season podcast, your local sports leader, ESPN 100.9 FM. Matt DeVries, Blake Froling, Brad Tunney with you inside the studios high atop Dow Diamond. If you missed any of the show, you can find the podcast version of the show wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, that's Apple Podcasts. Uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, um, but mainly go to ESPN1009.com. The revamped website for the radio station, the podcasts are down at the bottom of the homepage. Recent episodes, links to subscribe, uh, you can do that all at ESPN1009.com. We get into quick hits. I have a couple things uh, off the top that are sports-related and then one off the wall. Sports betting in Michigan, will launch March 11th. It's gonna be big. This time next week, you will be able to place sports bets in person in the state of Michigan. That's exciting. What it about is. via app? No, will, no will apps we developed. 2021. Seriously? Like not for March Madness, and then no one's gonna care to bet on baseball in the summer. May I would what think. Do you mean no one. I mean, geez, yeah. You will not even talk about spring training to bet the daily lines for I 162 don't think legally games. We can. Um, working in minor league baseball, I we bet. bet cannot, so right. Don't be excited. All right. I bet that. They'll try and push it through for
1: football. You That's bet. It. Yeah, Get pun it. intended. The app, the app is where you you're really going to see the money flow. Oh yeah, right. Uh, from mean, Blake. Once, I, once no, I can do it in my bed, in my to. underwear, <laughs> and I can. Yeah. What?
0: Not allowed to. So. What do you mean you're we setting there baseball teams? So. Uh,
1: you can't bet on anything. I don't think by law. I don't think, so. I don't think you sign a waiver, don't you? As a minor league baseball where employee? When? When did I ever put pen to paper on that? Look it up.
2: I think it's just assumed. I do as a G League employee. Who knows? If Major League Baseball decides to disband us, then I'll do whatever I want. I'll bet on whatever I'm I am just going to
0: play it safe on air and say I will not be gambling
2: whatsoever. <laughs> You're assuming that a lot of people listen to this as That's well. right, Especially the fourth segment. Red Wings, worst record in the NHL by 23 points. The NHL does do a lottery like the NBA, so they could fall to the fourth pick. Still. All right, what's next? I'm fairly confident the Red Wings will not get the first pick. Really? Even with Steve Iserman and the Red Wings being a blue blood franchise, you don't think they'll rig it and
1: let them this get number one This guy thinks wow, gold lotteries oh. are just completely tossed.
2: I think we're extremely naive to think that all these things don't have... You see how the World Cup happened? You See what's going on with that? No. Still lawsuits regarding that stuff. The thing, the fact that you think this is all Is that all my boy real, Sepp Blatter
1: at the top of it? Yeah, he's in jail. Sepp Blatter. He's in prison. That's an, that's an evil name. Sepp, Sepp Blatter. Blatter. That was my boy back in the day. Like evil people. No, no, he's just a funny guy. Uh, he's like the he was like the foreign Donald Sterling.
0: Kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that's very accurate. <laughs> uh if the Red Wings were changed their name
1: to the Cleveland Cavaliers, they'd get the number one pick. No. I just uh, choose not to live in a world where I don't trust my institutions. So that okay. is very nice. We could we could open that so. up for <laughs> a
2: lot of different avenues. Yeah. Yeah. Let's all be adults. Here. <laughs> uh okay. The last thing I want to do in quick hits, and this stems from a conversation that happened in the loose ticket office. Uh, downstairs the other day. It started with a a simple comment in the office, which led to an email chain, and which now led to a full-blown blind taste test that is currently happening downstairs in the Loon's ticket office. They wanted to have the debate of what makes your top choices of candy bars if you throw out the Blue Bloods, which are Snickers, Reese's, Kit Kat, and Twix. Don't give me all this BS how Reese's isn't a candy bar. We're just going to kind of take it. That's fair. In general. I get it. We're not going full-blown candy. Hershey's also off the list. All right,
1: that's fine. fine. Is Uh, it? It has to be. That's the biggest blue blood.
2: Yeah, but I don't think anybody goes and buys a Hershey bar to eat just bricks of chocolate.
1: Ah.
2: We're not doing like Skittles, Starburst, Sour Patch Kids. This is candy bars.
1: Chocolate-centric candy bars. Well, no, because some of these don't involve chocolate, but okay. Payday doesn't have chocolate in it.
2: That's fair. Okay. Fair. But you get the idea. Yep. So, there are, I think there is close to 20 options that they're going to be taste testing downstairs of all these different things wow. that people like that would be in their top five of candy bars, you know, even with some of these other ones in there. And I would just would like to hear, do you have any off-the-wall favorite candy bars that, that you have? We don't have to do a full-blown draft. I just want to hear kind of some comments. I've got Baby one. Ruth for me. Okay. I like a Baby Ruth. Ruth. Heyday's good. Baby Ruth. Yeah, Ruth. as well. The Goonies. Uh... uh I have a clear number one. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, it's called an Aero Bar. Okay. Are you familiar with it? <laughs>
1: no. A-E-R-O?
0: Yes. Yeah. I believe it is a Canadian candy bar. It is the best chocolate well, take your I have chocolate ever, ever had. had. Okay, right. And it's very simple. It's just a chocolate bar with air pockets in the middle. And the quality of the milk chocolate... With the texture is unbeatable. Arrow bar is a clear number one for me. If you Google arrow bar, you get arrow bars for bikes.
2: Yes, (laughs) that should say all you need to know about the arrow. I'm not saying like it's the
0: best, pop most popular off the. If you you walked into a gas
2: station and you saw an arrow bar, that's an immediate buy for you. Yes, I'd say what's up, hoser. That's right. (laughs) I'd be wearing my toque. (laughs) Any anything else that's more American based that you like, or are you gonna stick with your arrow bar? Three Musketeers is a. You don't like it? No. It's just not, no, I don't like the feel text. like. It's pretty similar to a Baby Ruth, is it not? Definitely not. It's like all nougat in the middle. Mm. Pass on that. Are
1: you even a candy guy at all? I don't eat any chocolate, so that's right. You have the fake chocolate, aka white chocolate, right? I only eat white chocolate. I will say the Hershey's cookies and cream is very good. Very good. Yes, that's your favorite. That's Probably the, that'd worst be the only for you. chocolate bar I think I've ever actually eaten. I've never even bitten into a Three Musketeers, a Snickers, or, a Kit Kat, no, a Milky Way. I've never had a bite of any of them. Almond Joy. How do you do Halloween?
0: Almond Joy stinks. I'll throw that out there. Riley Paulus loves
2: an Almond Joy. Right? I just, you don't just don't like, gotta coconut. like coconut. coconut. I hate sucks. coconut. Just generally speaking, that's a. I like coconut ice cream, like the no, no, that's like a, a cho- bad like take. Like the chocolate chip with coconut bad in take. it.
1: It's good.
0: Anything with coconut. Butterfinger,
1: hundred grand. Never had any of those.
0: Butterfinger, I think is overrated. I think a lot of people would say Butterfinger is a blue blood. Butterfinger is good
2: in a blizzard, but not as a candy bar. Right, I mean, just
0: standalone. You got to right, eat the whole thing.
2: I'm not. I don't want it. Would, would agree. agree. Butterfinger. Would agree. Six to your teeth. Yes, I. I hate that
0: texture. Yep. Okay. I've never had a lot of these secondary candy bars though. Secondary. Never Was- had a hundred grand. Never had mounds. Never had a Mars bar. Never had a Whatchamacallit. Oh, uh, Whatchamacallit. Never right. had a Heath bar. Never had an O Henry. Heath bar is good. I'm just going through all these that are on here on this list. You got to be dead to like O Henry's. Clark bar. Never heard of that. Mars no, bar is also of it, very old. Sure. Mr. Good bar. Yep. Yep. Mr. Good bar. Great. That's Crackle. also yeah. Crunch bar. it's All kind of the
1: same. thing. This yep. a bit of honey. Also might have to be in a grave to enjoy that one. Never heard of it. A coffee crisp is decent. But that's these are that's just old candy bars. bars. Yeah, old people candy bars. The Abba Zaba classic. <laughs> Never heard of it. Uh, Wonka bar. Never had one. Never had one either. An Idaho Spud. That's just not the Sugar real. Mamas. How do we feel about York Peppermint Patty? Terrible. That's terrible. Yeah,
2: I love why. I, I like Actually the Olive mint. Garden mint chocolates, as opposed to a. Mint. And that's, the
0: that's Andy's. not peppermint. Those right? are Andes chocolates. So those are real chocolates Andy's that you Mama. could buy somewhere.
1: What about a Rice Krispie treat?
0: No, I like a I like a I don't think that's in the same same category here. Now we're getting off topic. Don't
2: forget Northwood at Northern uh, <laughs> North, Northwood, Northern Michigan on Saturday. Brad Tenney and T Mac will have the call from Grand Rapids, Michigan State, Ohio State on Sunday for a Big Ten championship. And then Blake's got the MHSAA tournament all week. Next week, stay tuned to ESPN1009.com and our social media channels for what to expect for games each week. Until we talk to you next time, for Blake and Brad, I'm Matt. This has been the Offseason Podcast.
1: Hey, Clavis! Wake up! The show's on.
0: Oh, yeah! Kick it!